Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honored that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi, and welcome back to the Fertility Warriors. Everyone, I am so thrilled to have you here, and I'm thrilled to bring on our first guest of 2022. Now, our first guest for 2022 is a good friend of mine who we have been trying to tee up a podcast interview, podcast swap for such a very long time and hashtag time zones. Although my husband told me to stop saying hashtag before I say this. Um, It's Naomi Wolfson, who is a cognitive hypnotherapist and is going to talk to us about some very, very cool things over in London, but just like me, treats women all across the world, does a lot of one-to-one coaching in addition to a big program that she runs. And it is my pleasure to welcome Naomi Wolfson from Embrace Fertility here to the podcast. Hello. Oh, I'm so glad we've actually got this sorted. I think it has been about 12 months that we have been attempting to set this up. So really glad that it's happening today. Now, the first time that I actually ever became aware of hypnotherapy was my cousin had a very traumatic birth of her son. Heart difficulties that weren't picked up until birth, basically things went a little pear-shaped. And for the first couple of years after that, she really struggled going to see person to person to help her feel like she could cope with the events of what happened. And the first person that she said really helped her was a cognitive hypnotherapist. And today we're talking all about trauma. We're going to explain everything. Naomi's going to, (laughs) not me, explain all about what it is. But are you able to first just explain to us a little bit about, I guess, what it is you do and how I guess what you do can help people who have been through like really deep and dark shit. (laughs) Of course. Um, Yes. So I went through infertility myself and that's how I came across um, cognitive hypnotherapy. I started practicing mindfulness and then I knew I wanted to see someone and actually do like some therapy rather than like just meditation saying on the surface. I was like, I really want to, I want to go deeper here. So yeah, I worked with a, cognitive hypnotherapist and I was like this is so amazing I need to retrain in this and what we can do with therapy is really like take things to those deep level and we're working with the unconscious mind so we're working sometimes with things that even we don't understand on a conscious level that can be so our body keeps score our body is impacted by our thoughts, by our actions, by our behavior, by our, our daily habits as we go through. And so especially if you've experienced loss, if you've had repeated unsuccessful treatment rounds, then really having that 
that space to heal and looking at what you can do to support yourself can be so beneficial. And I fascinating that you said the body keeps score. The first time that I became aware really of trauma and how that is different to, for example, chronic stress was when I read the book, The Body Keeps Score. So can you talk to us about trauma? Like what exactly is it uh, and how can that manifest? Like how do we know if we've got it? <laughs> so so basically trauma can occur. I've made some notes as well. To get it right. Love it. So trauma, trauma can occur when the unconscious mind realizes that the level of threat it's currently um, receiving exceeds the individual's capacity to heal and survive, to deal with it and survive. Mm-hmm. And so the elements of trauma are when we feel shocked, if we feel vulnerable and overwhelmed, when we feel like we have no control, we're powerless, we can feel alone, unsupported, and we can feel completely helpless, completely hopeless. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about each of those things individually, how many times throughout an infertility journey do we feel those things? Do we feel shocked? Do we feel helpless? Do we feel just completely powerless in the moment? And a big key when we're looking at um, is there trauma is if there has been trust broken. So that could be trust in the world, you know, trust in life. It could be trust in our body with an infertility diagnosis, for example. It could be trust in the medical establishment, trust in just the life itself. Um, And so for me, a big part of the the trauma work that I did, I was diagnosed with endometriosis as a teenager Mm. and told him, well, actually, I wasn't told the gynecologist actually told my mum who'd come with me to the appointment. So the gynecologist addressed my mum and told my mum that I was very unlikely to have children. Yeah. And then was just speaking to my mum and that that really needed to be um, looked at and worked on because I had kind of taken that on and, and had that as a belief about me. I was like, I'm going to have to do IVF to have children. That was, you know, that's just part of who I was and what I thought and then when I actually came to having children I was like I choose not to believe that I choose to believe I can have children naturally and I read up on the condition and you know the likelihood you know many women get pregnant naturally with endometriosis and as it turned out I went through four rounds of treatment that were unsuccessful and Mm -hmm. then conceived both my children naturally you know almost four years after we started trying to conceive and I really wonder the, the work I was doing around that diagnosis was about three years into trying to conceive. And I was like, well, if I had worked on that a lot sooner, would that have made a difference? Um, and it's really interesting to note. So a lot of the time when we talk about trauma, we think of maybe childhood trauma. We think of maybe abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. We think about post-traumatic stress disorder. Maybe someone has been involved in an in an accident has experienced like you know a massive health scare Mm. but actually like I've just said with those elements of trauma trauma can come from the very smallest of things and it's not to say that everyone who experiences that will be traumatized at all there are many people can go through a huge amount of stuff not be traumatized because they personally in that moment feel able to deal with it and cope but it's when we feel unable to deal with it there's the issue yeah and in terms of the body 
keeping score. I hear what it like for people who are like, what do you mean the body keeps score? Like how, how are we storing trauma in our body? And like, what does that kind of look like for us? Okay, so the best way to talk about this, um, I'm going to share a couple of case studies with you yes. because it's quite a hard concept because a lot of us, um, we've obviously been brought up thinking about our brain being you know, part of our body, but our mind is separate to the body. And mm. the more we learn that they are completely interconnected. So that <laughs> I have to stop you there because I'm just thinking, I've seen, like, obviously, because we're friends, one of your webinar slides before and... I'm not going to give too much away, but that's all I can think of now as talk as to what you may potentially demonstrate. Yeah. Okay. Go. Yes. Let, let's talk about that first because now we've given a hint to it. Yes. Yeah, so the most absolute obvious is when a guy is aroused and his body physically stands to attention and goes, "Yep, ready for action." And that's the most obvious connection that guys can be having. You know a dream or they can be, they can have a thought, so an unconscious thought and they, they, they get aroused and they're not in, you know, they're not in charge of what is happening in their trouser department or the pants mm-hmm. department, depending mm-hmm. on what part of the world you are listening from. Um, so yeah, that's how they can be really connected in terms of the body storing. So I was working with, so I'll give you two little case studies. The first was um, Lizzie. So she came to me, she was struggling with secondary infertility. And so we did a timeline back to the birth of her son. I was like, she was like, it wasn't a great experience. I don't feel like I've been traumatized. It wasn't great, you know, but you know, there we go. So we looked at it and actually it came down to this one particular moment where they basically like held her legs open um, when they were trying to, you know, obviously, get her son out uh, allow her to birth and in that moment she had that shock of them all talking about her rather than to her physically being helpless hopeless in that moment and it actually triggered a memory from her teens where she was sexually attacked yes and so her body literally her legs being held open in that position triggered it didn't trigger in the birth moment so she just remembers it being like a really horrible birth and it wasn't great but she you know she's on various drugs and things but when we did the timeline in hypnotherapy and went back to that moment it triggered this whole memory that Mm. she had blocked out like she she had the awareness like something bad happened yeah at that particular time but she couldn't really she basically numbed it out and that's what can happen with with trauma we can either go into hypo hyper arousal mm-hmm. where we are hyperactive and our body is then that chronic stress that anxiety that we're like <laughs> like looking around all the time or we go into hypo arousal where we completely numb out and we yeah. completely like emotionally just numb and mm-hmm. we can numb out about all areas of our life and this is where people then experience depression where they don't they just don't, they're not feeling anything and so we did this work and she said, there we go. I've got her um, little testimonial here. I've got her permission to share this. Um, so she said, I was having uncontrollable feelings of anxiety at, ev- at different parts of the day, every day. I couldn't figure out what was causing them. Sleep wasn't good. And I felt like I was in a bad cycle of trying out lots of things and nothing was getting to the crux of the issue. 
I felt a shift during the session, not only emotionally, but also physically. I had a huge release of tension that I've been carrying in my hips and belly. I felt like jelly. And she said that she had actually had this tension in her hips um, and stomach since she was a teen. She thought that was just normal. That's what your body physically felt like. Mm-hmm. And then it was released. She was like, well, that feels different. And it was so interesting because she was like, I thought that was normal because I've just lived with it for so long. I thought that's what my body uh-huh. was. And so by doing that releasing work in that moment and releasing the trauma from her body, it physically, her body physically changed. Um, and the other one, super quick, was when I was working with Helen. So she'd had an epitopic pregnancy. Yeah. She basically was scared to be pregnant again. She really wanted mm-hmm. to get pregnant again. But actually, when she thought about being pregnant and when she visualized being, you know, th- thought about, tried to visualize by being pregnant, she was petrified. And it, that totally makes sense. She nearly, you know, she nearly died having an epitopic pregnancy. It was incredibly yeah. painful. And so she kept sabotaging. She kept putting off trying naturally. And she was like, I'm only, we're not going to try naturally. We're only going to get pregnant through IVF now because then they can control where they put the embryo. Mm. And so the work we did together and we did a session and she's put, I kept having horrible flashbacks about my epitopic pregnancy and I was scared to try naturally. It felt like a big issue that scared me and dominated my thoughts and actions. I wanted to change my thought patterns and I knew I couldn't do that on my own. I felt a shift about my feelings to past events during the session. Before, my eptopic felt like a magnified image in my mind and lots of emotions were attached to it. Afterwards, the event seemed much further away, like it had happened, but I was slightly separate to it. It didn't take up as much space in my mind and the emotional fear disappeared. The next morning, I felt a desire to try naturally. There was no fear. And it seemed like the most obvious solution. Yeah. And, and this was, she was literally like, they were saving up to do treatment again. And she yeah. thought just because um, that's the best course of action. And then when we really got down to it, it's like, it's fear. So that was manifesting in her, in her body and actually like changing her behavior. She felt so physically scared of being pregnant again. She was ensuring it wouldn't happen. Yeah. I think it's like, I think trauma is just all over completely fascinating and there's some part of me, I don't know if you feel the same, that feels as though to some degree everyone has one or more experiences in their life that would cause this like uncontrollable physiological response of anxiety. Um, And I think as well, even, you know, when we're talking about the different scenarios with infertility, there are so many people now who would feel that complete and utter hopelessness with things like the medical profession, like just feeling like no one's giving me answers, no one's giving me the tests, you know, that complete hopelessness of not feeling like you can trust your body. And I feel like, again, like I said at the beginning, not all stress is trauma, but would you say that there's a lot of women with infertility and loss who have, to some degree, have this trauma response in their body? Yeah, I would say that the studies are really interesting on like the impact of infertility mm-hmm. on our stress. 
So putting aside the whole does stress cause infertility, put that to one side. We know from studies that infertility causes stress. So 76% of women going through infertility experience significant symptoms of anxiety, not just a little bit anxious, significant symptoms, and 61% of men. And 86% of people, so both men and women going through infertility, say it's the hardest thing they've ever been through. Yeah. And it's just, and I'm sure everyone listening can completely relate to that. For me, it definitely was. It was like literally going through it, just going, like, why is this happening? How is this happening? Have I caused it? You know, what has happened? How can I fix all the thoughts, all the, um, like the blame, like mm-hmm. taking on to- And it's actually that not 9.4% of people, of women going in through infertility yes. have suicidal thoughts. Yes. And it's like, and also if you've experienced miscarriage, well, this is the last statistics, I'll stop spouting statistics in a minute, but they fascinate me. I do love um, statistics. Experienced. <laughs> um a, a pregnancy loss at whatever stage um, you meet the criteria of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so this fascinates me that people can have a loss, especially if it's like embryo loss. So you go on for a transfer, you're obviously, you are pregnant. They send you home pregnant with a live embryo in you. And then if this um, cycle is unsuccessful, if anyone is still using the word failed um, cycle please stop from now on it's unsuccessful cycles never use the word failed um, and so you can go through that and then you might get offered just like a counseling session and then they're like let's book you in for your next round mm, my bugbear yeah and it's like that that is traumatic and especially yeah. at the moment where Um, having going through a miscarriage you could be physically traumatized and then the the physical pain seeing that blood for the first time obviously shocking Um, feeling hopeless feeling helpful breaking trust Um, and then so many of us um, or so many so many women at the moment because of going through the pandemic and not allowed their partners or a friend or family member in the room for that scan so they are finding out or you know having doubts confirmed that their pregnancy is no longer viable and they're completely alone and unsupported so again another element of potential trauma yeah so one of the things that I also read in the book the body keeps score and just for anyone who's listening I did find it a very fascinating book but it's kind of what this is like yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I'm a life coach and mind body practitioner, but it was a it's is a really heavy book, and it's like what you said, where you were like, not everyone has experienced sexual abuse or post traumatic stress disorder, but a lot of what is talked about in that book, for anyone who's listening, it, that's a lot of what is in that book. But something else that really piqued my interest, and you're actually the only like the number two friend what do you call it, that like one of two people who I know in this field who do this is something called EDMR and I'm fascinated by it. Can you tell me what it is and how it can work for women who have experienced, uh, you know, infertility, pregnancy, loss-related trauma? 
Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website at robinburken.com or on Instagram at robinburken. All right, let's get back to it. So MDR stands for Applied Movement Desensitization and Reconsolidation. And basically, it's a collection of techniques to help release trauma without re-traumatizing you. So the issue with like past talking therapies are let's go back and talk all about the horrible, horrible things that have happened. Oh, hours up. Come back next week. Let's talk about it again. That is complete opposite of what we want to do with. Totally. <laughs> we basically want to get in and out and reprogram your mind without re-traumatizing you, without you having to relive it. Um, so there's basically eight steps. I won't go through all of them, but in short, basically what we do is we pinpoint the nanosecond in time where whatever happened to you was the worst. So it's literally a split second second in time. We isolate that moment. We look at where do you feel that in your body? Is it, do you, do you feel that anywhere Mm. in your body? A lot of people will say, when I think about that memory, my throat feels tight. I think about that memory, I get a pain in my leg or wherever it might be. Also might, you know, all this traditional stress things like your heartbeat will start going. You might start sweating. Um, We do a lot of prep work before doing this to ensure that um, the therapist you're working with, if they see you starting to abreact, which is when someone like basically goes fully back into their trauma and Mm -hmm. starts reliving, we can pull you out of that immediately. We basically just want you to go, look at it and come, come back. Part of the way we do that is by having a conversation and we're looking at what beliefs did you take on in that split moment about yourself? So, for example, if we're talking about miscarriage, it could be, um, you know, it's my fault. You know, I did this and this happened. Um, I'm not able to hold on to a baby. My body is broken. My womb isn't stable. You know, all of these things. And a lot of them, and we literally write them all. I write them all down. Therapist would write them down for you. And then, um, and some of them, you can logically go, well, I know that's not true. But it's not about whether you, the logical you walking around today, thinks it's true. It's the trauma self, which is that split part of you in that moment. Mm-hmm. What happens is then, so say you've lost a baby and then you see, a, you know, a pregnant woman or a new mom pushing a baby. You could get incredibly triggered and maybe have a panic attack seeing that because what is happening is it's not you, the logical, walking around going, well, there's every chance I will get pregnant, every chance I'll be a mom. The trauma you is being triggered, remembering that moment when you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that trauma is going, "Um, that is what I want, but I got this instead. And what can happen there is you can actually, like with Helen's case study, be so scared of getting pregnant again that you start self-sabotaging and not doing the thing you actually need to do, like having sex, <laughs> to try and get pregnant again. Yeah. Um, so basically get the list of all the negative things. Then we switch them. Um, and this is quite a fun journal. Fun. <laughs> Therapists use the word fun. Very, very obscure ways. Fun uh, journal exercise you could do is literally write down negative beliefs that you have about yourself and then do an antidote phrase. And these are called prop statements. So they're positive, resourceful, opposite, 
unpurposeful. And these ones could be saying, so like when, for example, my body is broken, you'd be like, my body is always healing. My body is strong. My body is healthy. You don't need to believe that new phrase. It just needs to have those qualities of positive, resourceful, opposite, um, purposeful. Then with the ADMR, what we do is bilateral stimulation. And this can be with the eye movements where you are literally following um, a finger or a dot on the screen or a, a, like different devices to do it. Or generally, because I work with people all over the world on Zoom, I will use a form of tapping where you will be literally tapping your eyes closed, tapping on your own knees. And I will be saying the rhythm for you of the beat of how you're tapping. And what we're doing, bilateral stimulation, basically getting the brain to flip between uh, the logical side and like the primitive side. And we do this while thinking about that split second trauma, just for a few seconds. I don't recommend doing this bit on your own. You want to be working with a trauma-informed trauma informed therapist. Yeah. We'll talk about what you can do on your own later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You could do like the journaling bit and you could do some EFT, emotional freedom technique on that. Mm-hmm. But this particular bit, because you are literally then looking directly at the traumatic memory while tapping. And what happens is the brain has the, the beliefs that you currently held, the new beliefs. And as we're working through and creating a new belief, and I'll be helping you and coaching you and maybe doing a bit of... Um, your linguistic programming as we go through you have these two lists your brain will go this is what i believe oh but no there's this new belief this is what i believe there's this new belief and i've um you know, had this process done on me part of our training as we all you know practice on each other so we can experience this it's literally like your brain arguing with yourself it is fascinating and you kind of open your eyes and you're like uh, like i'm a therapist i've been doing this for eight years but my brain is having an internal conversation like argument with itself and the woman like tapping me was like keep going yeah this is why i say like this is why i find it fun i work obviously with a lot of really heavy stuff but sometimes the shifts are so quick yeah and so it, it just it blows my mind that you're like tapping on knees and talking about you know Let's make a positive statement. And then you physically feel emotionally, physically different about a topic than you did like an hour and a half earlier. And it blows my mind. Then the very last stage is you take those positive beliefs and you will tap them in with something called butterfly tapping, where you're again doing bilateral stimulation, but it's a slightly different technique. And I'll record that as an MP3. Then you then listen to that for a minimum of two weeks which is then like reinforcing those positive statements. So they become like, so if anyone's listened to affirmations before, you start listening to them and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then two weeks later, you're like, yeah, I'm on board. (laughs) Yeah. And I find, so I think the thing to understand is that we can look at things like this and they're like, right, it's all in the mind. But there is actually for many people, almost like this instant and uncontrollable physiological response that will happen. Things like people will walk into a doctor's clinic and burst into tears and be like, what the fuck has just happened? And it's this uncontrollable emotional response that we can have. Um, And so this is where techniques like this that have been studied by, you know, like really well-known psychiatrists and psychologists across the globe are both fascinating and really shown to be quite effective for people who uh, have experienced trauma. So 
You've talked a little bit about, I guess, what people can do themselves. Are there any things, other things that people can do themselves to work through or even just identify uh, trauma in themselves? Yes, definitely. So there are there are many studies that show to release trauma from our bodies, you don't you can do it with techniques such as MDR, also emotional freedom technique, which is another te- technique I'm trained in, which is the tapping. If anyone doesn't know that, it's where you're basically tapping on different points of your face and body while talking about about your beliefs, about how you feel. I've actually got a free tutorial on how to do that, so I can give people details of that um, at the end. Um, but also you can anything that you're doing to calm and soothe your body is helping your body process. So having a regular meditation practice, having a regular journaling practice, just that self-reflection of really looking inwards and going, how do I really, how do I really feel about this? Having those times, having a support network around you to talk about these things can all be helping to soothe and calm the body. In terms of releasing, um, like you're saying, all of us probably have at least one or two memories where we really think about something and go, well, I would actually label that as, you know, traumatic. That was, you know, like for the diagnosis for me was like, that was a traumatic day. I really label it as that. So with that, it was really looking at re-educating myself. So saying, well, the doctor said this, but is that actually true? No, it's not you know, it's like all looking, or if it is true for the majority of people, is that true for every single human on the planet? No, it's not. Finding stories and, you know, examples of people who may be in similar situation as you who have gone on to be healthy, to have their children, um, you know, to create the lives that they want. Education is a big part of it. Looking at the emotions. So for example, using emotional freedom technique, great one, um, that I get all of my clients to do is to write a letter of complaint. So everybody could do this. You could literally write a letter like addressed to dear infertility or dear doctor who, you know, dear endometriosis, dear doctor who diagnosed me, dear life, dear God, whatever your beliefs are and write a letter of complaint. And I want you to pour into that every thought, every emotion, talk about how it made you feel when that happened, talk about everything and really just get it all out onto the page. That in itself is incredibly healing. There are studies that have shown that if we journal and keep journaling every day for five days on the same topic, by the end of day five, that's incredibly, incredibly releasing and you can release trauma that way. Because what will happen is the first day, maybe you know, very, very dark, very like, whoa, look at what happened. And throughout the five days, and it might feel like to start with, you're writing about exactly the same thing and the same emotions. By day five, people have started to see like silver linings. They're not, they're not told to write about them or look for them, but they naturally just come out in the writing. So that journaling is fantastic. You can also use emotional freedom technique and tap around the acupressure points on your face and body while reading that letter aloud. And that is incredibly releasing because you're bringing in the ed- energetics then as well. I love it. And what are, so I guess the first sign would be if you try all these things and you're like, fuck it, it's not working. Um, But what would be the other signs that you would say that someone might say, "Mm, I should really kick this up a notch and like 
go see a therapist who does, whether it's cognitive hypnotherapy or specialises in EDMR or something like that, what would be some of the signs that someone might need to kick it up a notch? So definitely if you're trying to conceive and the thought of getting pregnant scares you, if you mm. think about being pregnant and anywhere in your body goes, work on that. And you, you can do that yourself, like through the journaling and the EFT. So that's definitely the first sign. And there's actually a visualization I've created where, um, which everyone can have as a, as a free gift. Um, I was originally going to do it as part of the podcast, but you do need to be somewhere. You can close your eyes, be undisturbed and be safe. So I was like, I know a lot of people listen to the podcast <laughs> driving and things, yeah. and et cetera. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to trigger anyone because I imagine that a lot mm. of people who may be choosing to listen to this, they may then find this visualization triggering what i do is basically guide you to imagine getting pregnant being pregnant having a six-week scan 12-week scan 20-week scan um being heavily pregnant your body changing going into labor giving birth having a newborn and being a parent and then being a parent at each different like age so um you know newborn toddler school child teenager adult and basically what this does is we're scanning your future and going is there anything about your future that worries you or you're scared of? Because for me, imagining birth was petrifying because my mum nearly died having my brother. And I, I was two and a half when that happened. And it was this like family folklore of like, the day your, your brother nearly killed your mother. You know, and it was like told with a lot of drama and a lot, you know, it was very, they, they yes. survived, but it was very much, I won't share the story and traumatize anyone with a new story. <laughs> Um, wasn't great so when I was thinking about having children I was very much like really looking forward to being pregnant but oh but hopefully I don't die don't want to yeah. don't want to do that so did the trauma release uh, work around that and learned that that is now not the norm that wasn't even the norm back then when my mum but even more so now with hypnobirth yeah. with, um a lot more midwives and medical establishments being open to using the mind body link to help. Um, I actually trained in, um, so I'm trained in cognitive hypnotherapy, uh, confident childbirth using cognitive hypnotherapy as well. So I can specialize in birth um, trauma, birth release trauma as well, um, and help prepare people for um, birth. So looking at if there's, and again, it's going through the the education, the clearing, the emotional beliefs, the, because a lot of the time it will just be a faulty belief that you have. And actually mm. you might read a couple of articles on hypnobirthing and going, all right, don't need to worry about birth because when I get there, I'll, you know, I'll read some books on hypnobirthing. I can do a course. Everything will be fine. That might be enough for you to remove that tension in your body when you visualize mm. it. But if you do that and then you're still up, like up against a block, that's when you then, go and see a therapist and take it to that deeper level. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Now, before we get into the speed round, can you tell everyone where they can find you, if they want to explore further, if they want to download some of your stuff, if they want to work with you, tell us all the places. Where can people go to find you? So I'm Embrace Fertility on Instagram and Facebook. And my website is embracefertility.co.uk, people. 
I'm in London, it needs the .co.uk. And if you go to embracefertility.co.uk slash future, then you can download that visualization that I just told you about. And in there, I'll introduce at the beginning what you do, any little bits of prep you need to do. You pretty much need a paper, pen and paper or journal journal and pen depending on if you like journaling or just writing things on paper um so you can get that please do come follow me on instagram is my favorite place to hang out also on also on tiktok so my man reels on tiktok are a bit more just me and my pajamas dancing around quite a lot um that's the best ones yeah that's the best ones instagram's like only just very slightly more professional um and have all the information about how you can work with me on my the coaching page on my website so like i said i work with people all over the world um i only take on 21 one-to-one clients throughout the year so if you're interested have a look at the website and then you can um book in for a half hour chat we'll just have a video call and see if i'm the right person to support you Love it. Let's get into the speed round. We've got three easy questions and I love to ask these of all of our guests before they leave us. So are you ready? Yes. Do you have a favourite quote? Um, yes. So my favourite quote is from Bob Proctor, who yes. died last week. And it's when fear enters your mind, flip the switch and choose faith. After all, both fear and faith demand you believe in something you cannot see. Love it. I've never heard that one before. Do you have a book that you recommend everyone reads? Um, yes. So Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. If you're interested in what we're talking about, I, I don't recommend people read The Body Keeps Score unless you are already incredibly well read on the mind-body link. If you've read everything else, great, read that. But it's incredibly it's quite traumatic. It's deep. Yes. Very, very I would recommend people start with um, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, and that actually will be giving you exercises to do all the way through that will be helping you in this area. Love it. And um, very last question, if you had one message, one flag to fly, something that you wanted to scream from the rooftops and you wished everyone could hear it, what would that be? Um, it would be that you can do so much to help yourself. Don't just look to other people, to doctors, to specialists, to your clinics. Really educate yourself on what you can do. Learn about the mind-body link. Educate yourself on it and then actually use the techniques. Practice them and make them part of your life. Love it. Naomi, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast this week. You are so incredibly qualified and so incredibly helpful to so many women and it's been a pleasure having you on it's been fun thank you robin bye everyone that's us for this week and we cannot wait to catch you next week bye for now thank you so much for joining us here at the fertility warriors we'll meet you again same time next week before you go, though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times sustainable and small steps lifestyle support helping you conquer your diet goals your movement goals 
cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way. And lastly, and what I think is most importantly, emotional well-being. Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey. And it's really hard when we haven't learned the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.